Welcome to another edition of Summer School, the series in which I speak to media members representing SU's opponents in the upcoming football season. I'm Matt Bonaparte. With me today is Andre Fernandez, a Florida State football beat writer for Tallahassee.com. Andre, thanks for being with me today. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, and Mike Norvell is the new head coach in town for Florida State. This will be his second season in charge of the Seminoles, and let's face it, this program isn't at all what it used to be, not with the late, great Bobby Bowden brought, nor with the now Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher produced. Why is Mike Norvell the right man to bring FSU back to the perennial dominance it once had? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the reason I think I hear a lot of people say is the way that he's put together a pretty good uh, core of coaches here and created like a lot of cohesion in his first couple of years in spite of the fact that last year you know with COVID nobody really had a real normal off season that hurt them a lot because you know you have a guy who's coming in situation he inherited from the previous coach where you know a lot of depth was gone a lot of players transferred out and really had to rebuild it almost from scratch you know and you're talking about like you said a program with uh, for many years was as high caliber as FSU but, you know, I hear the word, it sounds kind of cliche, but I hear, like, the word family a lot. I hear a lot of the word, like, you know, God, that he really takes an interest in, in, in just attention to detail. And I think the system that he brings, too, which had success at Memphis, is going to be interesting to see. I think it can have the potential, once he has the right pieces in place, to have some success at, at, at the Power 5 level with FSU. Now, that's the whole key, isn't it? I mean, the fact that right now, it's still very much in rebuilding mode, and it looks like he's going to still need probably at least, I think, like two, three more of these recruiting classes, starting with the one he had he's putting together right now in 2022 to, to really get FSU back on its feet to kind of what the program is more used to. Understood, and FSU has a great quarterback competition going on right now. Sophomore Jordan Travis is the incumbent, having played the majority of the season as the team's number one last year, and Mackenzie Milton is the challenger. Milton, of course, played a few impressive years of college football at UCF from 2016 to 2018. A leg injury sidelined him for a few years, but now he's back, ready to go for the Seminoles if they choose him. Andre, my question to you, who do you think should start, and who do you think will start? Uh, well, I mean, when you look at it, coming in, everyone really thought it was going to be McKenzie just based on the success he had, and that's why I would say maybe he should start. The question is if he's ready to handle it. I mean, he hasn't been in a real college football game in over two years now, but in practice, he has looked good. He's moved well. You know, you can see in spots some of the leadership qualities that he brings, but I don't want to totally outright dismiss what Jordan Travis has done because last year, the big reason they even won three games last year was the way he emerged when they couldn't figure out who to put a quarterback and really took, you know, kind of took the reins of the team, took the reins of the offense and showed what he could do in terms of what playmaking skill he has to kind of improvise and make plays with his feet, that sort of thing. The key stride he's made, I think, is more as a passer. You've seen it more in practice so far in the fall where he, he looks more comfortable, you know, firing it downfield, you know, opening up the offense a little bit better. So it's an interesting dilemma they have because, you know, you brought Milton here. This is the one shot you're going to get to use him is this year. You know, if you don't go with him, then, you know, then what happens? You know I mean? But that doesn't mean Travis hasn't worked hard, hasn't, doesn't deserve a shot at it. But it, that's the intriguing part to me is, like, where, does it, where do they stand if you, you bring in McKenzie and then he doesn't get the starting job? Then what? Because I feel like it's almost easier to incorporate Travis into the offense, even if he's not the starter, than it is the other way around. 
And taking a look at the Seminoles' run game, it was pretty much all Jordan Travis last season. If your quarterback has legs, why not use him? Though, for as for the actual running backs on the team, Ja'Shawn Corbin was the man last year and will be this year. What kind of jump do you expect him to make? I, I think I think it's a decent jump. I mean, I've seen it a little more. I think the fact that he's healthy now, I think he's dealt with some injuries before. He says he feels physically better than he has, I think, in over a year. And I, that's like a theme with a lot of these guys that were hit by injuries last year, but especially Jason's had a good camp. He's going to kind of be at the forefront. But remember, I don't think this isn't like FSU when they had Dalvin Cook or when they had Devontae Freeman that you knew that was the guy. There's still going to be a little more of like a, a spread backfield. I think, you know, you, Corbin's going to see carries. Lawrence Torofili is going to see carries. He's a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield. And this is a kid that I think people are going to realize can can uh, get some pretty good reps in, too. His name is Treshawn Ward. You know, he's a guy that came in, and really, uh, once he was in the program, they didn't feel like they needed to add enough. They needed to add another running back, necessarily, because of the skill that he brings as well. So, still kind of split carries here and there amongst them. I don't think there's going to be, like, one workhorse back. But interesting to see how, as, as a collective group, those guys can elevate the running game, which was a silver lining overall last year compared to the rest of the offense. And obviously, if Jordan Travis is elected the starter once again, we'll see him run once again. But if it's Mackenzie Milton, the guy who's less of a threat on the ground, how do you expect the offense to change around him? Yeah, I mean, I think you would see a little more of the passing. Although, you know, Norvell's system, you see a little bit of also that move the chains. You know, you, you take some downfield shots, of course, but you see a little bit of that, that controlled kind of offense where, you know, you like to keep the other side off the field as long as possible and just go up-tempo, too. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that's something that they can do is increase the tempo a little bit when, if, if uh, McKenzie were in there. But, but you're definitely, no, no doubt that if, uh, if Jordan is the guy, or even, if, like I said before, even if he's not the starter in certain situations, they do bring Travis in, you know, on, in certain packages. I think you see him as an added weapon in the running game. And looking towards this team's pass catchers, they weren't exactly stacked in 2020. In 2021, they lose a couple pieces, but for the most part maintain what they had. Ontario Wilson and tight end Cameron McDonald look to come back and lead this group. What do you expect from the targets FSU has to offer? Yeah, I mean, that's an area definitely I think that, you know, it had a drop-off coming in. But, you know, you would think uh, if you look at what they've done, in, in camp so far, I think the guy that's kind of stood out the most is Keyshawn Helton. Although he looks like he, he's probably built more to be kind of like a slot receiver, but he's, he has the ability to go downfield as well. And really, I think he's explosive in terms of his speed, his moves. He's another one just like Corbin that says he's feeling like you can tell he looks more comfortable now that he's physically 100%. So look for him to be involved. But the one, another guy that's intriguing is the senior transfer from Kansas, Andrew Parchment. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of camp, it still looked like he was a little bit, you know, getting acclimated, getting his timing down. The last week or so, you can finally start to see a little more of that cohesion between him and the quarterbacks. And again, he's the little, he's like the taller one of the group, you know, kind of can stretch the field a little bit more. So if he ends up being a weapon, that's going to be huge. And you mentioned McDonald. He's one of the captains of the team, definitely one of the leaders. There's one other tight end that they haven't been able to use much yet, another transfer, Jordan Wilson. If he, if he steps up, he's got that big frame, big body, can go over the middle and catch a tough ball in traffic. That could be another addition that could also you know, kind of expand their, their options in the passing game as well. 
And on the defensive side of the ball, Jermaine Johnson is probably the biggest story. A two-star prospect out of high school, not in the top 100 at his position. He goes to junior college where he's featured on the Netflix documentary Last Chance U. That's probably where everybody knows him from. He then is up to a four-star, goes to Georgia, and now on his way to the ACC in Tallahassee. What can you tell us about Jermaine? Well, Jermaine, uh, you know, he played, obviously playing in the SEC. He's got a lot of, you know, big-time you know, late-game experience, especially at Georgia. He wasn't, a, you know, necessarily a full-time starter over there. But I think, he, but here, obviously, he steps into a role where he's much needed and pretty much comes in as a top defensive player up front. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that responsibility. But I think he's kind of, he, he's come in and pretty much taken up the responsibility of being that leader on the defense. Nor- Norvell talks very highly of him that from the beginning he kind of told him this is what we expect from you and he's rolled with that. I mean, I think he just did, not just him, but getting Keir Thomas from South Carolina. Even a late addition, Marcus Kushney, who was one of the better pass rushers on the FCS level last year. You know, you put all those pieces there and suddenly it looks like FSU could have a little more of a pass rush. I mean, they really didn't do anything in the pass rush last year. I think it was 10 sacks in nine games. So, I mean, that's a must to have any shot especially when they're going to take on some of the teams they're going to take on this year, like Clemson and North Carolina, a much-improved Miami squad. I mean, they're going to absolutely need to put pressure and disrupt quarter, uh, the timing of quarterbacks with those guys. But in the end, I think it really comes down to not just them and not just what Jermaine can bring, but, but their interior front as well, because they were gashed last year. I think it was giving up like 200 yards on the ground per game. And, and, and if, you know, if teams know they can run it right up the gut on them, that, that kind of nullifies a lot of what they can do in the pass rush anyway. And sticking with the theme of defense, the front seven and the secondary lost some big names last year, but still they return a lot of talent, talent that should probably evolve into those leadership positions and start to fill those holes. Who do you think on this defense ends up being a bona fide leader by the end of the year? Well, I think in the secondaries where you look at it, Asante Samuel Jr. being gone, he was like, Mr. Playmaker, game-changer kind of guy back there for them. Um, I think it's Travis Jay. And it's interesting because he, you look at him, the, he was bouncing around a little bit between playing playing one of the safety spots or on the corners. And the coaches wanted to see what he could do, and they primarily decided to put him on the corners now this year. So I could see him playing a lot on the boundary. He's one of the most athletic players they have on the roster, period. And I think the, you know that versatility and, and those instincts have been on display so far in camp. He could be one of those guys that has a surprise big year. I, mean, I don't know if he's going to be as good as Asante was. You know, obviously a guy's in the NFL and doing as well as he is so far. But I think for for this team, for the void that they need to fill back there, I think he's going to do a, a – he may surprise some people how good of a job he does back there. And then in, aside, in addition to him – you know, the, Emmett Rice is one of their better linebackers who's still out right now. They're, he's still recovering from an injury. So Amari Gaynor at linebacker is, is, is a guy who's going to play more inside this year. He's He didn't get all ACC honors, but he's one of those guys that kind of is on the cusp of that. If he has a big year, you might see him become that type of a talent. Last question for you, Andre. Can you give me a diamond in the rough? Who's one guy on this FSU team? Fans might not know the name of now, but certainly will come bowl season. Uh, I'd have to say maybe I'd say there's a couple of guys maybe on the defensive side maybe maybe like a Jarvis Brownlee uh, who's a other defensive back you know could be playing corner that has had a good camp you know a lot of good reps and, and won a lot of those one-on-one battles 
But, I mean, I, I kind of go back to Keyshawn Helton again. I mean, he, he's made some plays where we're always look, kind of looking, you know, it's, it's practice, but we're always kind of, we're always looking for, like, maybe, like, one standout play or two, you know, like, like something that makes us go, like, ooh, wow, look at, like, what he can do. And he's provided a lot of those so far in the preseason. So, I think with his speed and his dynamic capability, he could be one of those guys that I think of, you know, they, if you're, like, hardcore really watching ACC football, you may have already heard of him, but I think for... So the more average fan that doesn't really uh, pay as much attention, I think he's going to be on some people's radars by the end of the season if he can keep doing what he's doing. Gotcha. Andre, thanks so much for taking the time. If you want to follow Andre, head over to Twitter at FernandezAndreC. If you want more of our coverage, go to orangefizz.net or at orangefizz on Twitter. I'm Matt Bonaparte. See you next time.